0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson. And Bridget Spackman. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. We, and we refers to Bridget and I, chat
1: a lot about how many parallels exist between teaching and our podcast and even just life in general. And Today, we are going to be kind of highlighting those parallels and sharing the biggest lessons that this podcast has taught us about productivity. And we promise they are going to help you both in teaching
0: and in your general life. But before that, let's hear a TSH from Mary. Mary says, my TSH is, and has always been, socializing with fellow teachers. I enjoy the people I work with. However, I find I get sucked into conversations and can seem to get away without feeling and can't seem to get away without feeling rude. I've tried to stay in my classroom, but then the party comes to me and it makes moving on even more difficult. How do I set boundaries without offending others or appearing unsocial? <laughs> so, I love she said party.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz we all know exactly what she she means yes well first of all the first thing that came to my mind was that song I don't know who it's by maybe like Billie Eilish or something but it's it goes I can't relate to you now when I think that it's only because I'm not overly social I'm like very much antisocial, <laughs> and I love that she said appearing unsocial I've just accepted that that is my life and I'm okay with uh-huh. it however I have struggled with the whole getting caught up in conversations, especially as I did get closer with some of my coworkers. I would have that quote unquote party come to my room and I am very much the one that struggles with offending people. Billy and I, we joke because when we, I say when we go to parties, this is rare. I really mean like family engagements. We both really struggle to like pull away and like when it's time to go, we both struggle to like actually initiate that. And we always give each other crap in the car afterwards because we're like, you stood there for 10 minutes talking. Like, why didn't you say anything? And But it's because we both struggle with that. However, one thing that has really helped me is kind of developing a go to like, here is what I'm going to say. And if I know what it is ahead of time, I'm not like struggling to find the right words or worrying that it's going to come off the wrong way because I've already kind of planned it out in my head. I'm a planner. I love to have a plan. So even something as simple as saying, hey, I would love to chat and catch up with you right now, but I actually have another commitment. Can we come back to it at, you know, X, Y, and Z time? And that way you're communicating with them that you do want to carry on the conversation. You enjoy the conversation and talking with them, but you have other things that you need to get to. Bridget, I feel like you're actually really good
0: at this. Oh, But the key thing is that she says appearing unsocial. I definitely appear unsocial to everyone in my school. As do I. It's fine. Here is a really good example. Okay. I think it was this past week. All right. As I'm talking about it, I had a situation with a student. There was like a fight that broke out. Like, on the, during recess. And our first recess is attached to lunchtime. And so I was dealing with that, found out that both kids need to be written up. So I went to the other teacher. Thank goodness I had eaten my lunch, like during my special right before recess and lunch, (laughs) because sometimes I can't wait to eat (laughs) before, you know, during my lunchtime. So I had to go into the faculty room during lunchtime to go and tell this other teacher, Hey, we're going to write up so-and-so. And so I'm in there, and as soon as like I'm walking in, one of the teachers, who I have no idea who this is, says, oh, are you lost? <laughs> First of all, I was a little stung. Yeah. I was like, wow, attacked. I'm feeling attacked right now <laughs> too. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to eat with you people. <laughs> just, okay. So I am definitely unsocial. And so I honestly just don't care what people think about me. Um, and the problem is for me is that I have this mentality of I'm not here to be your best friend. Mm-hmm. I'm here to do a job and I've got to go home at the end of the day. So I am with Michelle when it comes to like having something in your brain that you're going to tell people. So that way you don't feel bad when you have to say it like it's rehearsed. You could just say it and you feel be- You feel good about yourself. I will also just keep my door shut. I mean, I'm really good about keeping my door shut. There's like a party happening outside in the hallway. And if I don't want to be a part of it, I keep my door closed. And they just know that I'm working at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of one of those like rules of if I have my door closed, please don't bother me unless it's an emergency. Yeah. So and As you were talking, Bridget, and saying
1: how like, you know, you just have to communicate it with them and then keep your door closed. I was thinking how with New Year's resolutions coming up, it would be a perfect time to kind of talk with your coworkers and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, here's my resolution. I'm going to leave at this time or I'm going to spend less time talking during my planning time. And then it's almost like it's not your fault. You're not the bad guy. You're putting it on. It's New Year's and this is my goal. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> which always makes things That's better.
0: That's a great plan. You yeah. should try that for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> jumping into this episode, Bridget and I thought it would be helpful if we kind of highlighted how we have changed personally from the beginning of our careers as teachers compared to now. Mm. And it's funny because we were chatting about this and we agreed on the same things. We were like, yep, this is exactly <laughs> We're just twins basically. Yes. So when we first started teaching, we both were trying to do everything. And as a result of that, we didn't focus on the most important things. Instead, we almost prioritized the quote unquote fun things rather than doing the quote unquote hard things like the in-depth lesson planning, (laughs) planning ahead. Bridget, did something happen? In the, she's like, my laughing. dog just threw up on the floor. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he, y'all, this is what happens when we're recording in real time. This is how you know it's not like fake or edited. Um, okay. I'm just going to continue. And if at any point you need to get up, I will just carry the team. It's fine. We're fine.
0: I'm going to have to get up. Can okay. I just, can. I'll do the whole, oh,
1: you want to pause? Yes. You know what? Let's go ahead and take (laughs) our break early today. We're going to take our break now. (laughs) And then when we come back, we'll continue talking. Y'all, it's November, and if you've
0: been around long enough, you already know what that means. November means new planner launch. Our 2023 digital teacher planners that run from January to December are now available. Yes, they are. We have both tablet and Google
1: Slides versions available in our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store
0: right now. Plus, you can still grab our planner inserts and digital stickers that can be used in any digital planner while you're there. If you're ready to
1: start the year organized and planned, head over to teachingonthedouble.com/store and grab your digital planning resources today. We are back, Bridget. Do you have any updates for us? It's like yellow. Oh, thank,
0: thank you for it's that. It's like the worst kind. I've just left it sprayed. Hopefully, when we're done with this, I am able to get it all, um, all out of my carpet. <laughs> Yes, let's keep our fingers crossed for yes, that. But thank um, you guys for being so patient. So, when we left off,
1: I was talking about Bridget and I when we first started teaching. And one of the last things I want to highlight before talking about how we're different now is that back then, we very much focused on the day to day, whether that was like literally planning day to day, we weren't able to really look ahead. So now, you know, several years of experience in, we no longer try to do everything. Instead, we focus on whatever is a priority at that time. And those priorities kind of shift depending on the time of year, what's happening in our personal lives, et cetera. We are now much more prepared in advance and we're able to focus on that kind of big picture long term. And we know how to do things in a way that works for us. And I think that was probably the most challenging mm-hmm. piece because you think you have to do it the way everyone else does, but we have realized that you just have to find a way that works for you.
0: So what really caused this to change? One of the biggest events that forced us to have to change was starting the podcast. It was a really, really big undertaking, so we were forced to adapt in order to make it work. <clears throat> Excuse me. The podcast was shifted, shifted our focus to productivity strategies, what works and why it works, which a lot of it is going to be consistency. So we're going to share three of the biggest lessons that we've learned from our podcast about productivity. I'm going to kick it off with the first one. If your why is important
1: enough, you will find a way. And this kind of reminds me of our last episode, 149. Bridget and I shared these like reminders for kind of overcoming obstacles. And I think this one actually fits in well with that. But Billy always loves to say, if there's a will, there's a way, because his real name is William. Um, I would use that too. (laughs) Yeah. So when we wanted to start a podcast, (laughs) we loved the idea, but we also knew we were both already incredibly busy. Mm -hmm. And we had to decide, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to find a way. And that's going to mean giving up certain things and making sacrifices in order to make it work. So we decided to dedicate one day a week, which we choose Sunday because mm-hmm. it was kind of a more open day for both of us. That Sunday every week would be dedicated to working on teaching on the double, whether that was like planner creation or the podcast, etc. And at the time when we first started, one weekend a month would be dedicated to in-person tasks. So when we first started, I would drive to Bridget. I lived about an hour and a half away. And we would spend the weekend recording our next batch of episodes which was like a month worth of episodes so anywhere between four and five so essentially three sundays we would meet virtually and then one whole weekend each month would be dedicated to those in-person tasks and when we would meet on sundays we were giving up our traditional sunday mornings that meant no family breakfast no sleeping Mm -hmm. in etc But we were willing to make those sacrifices because our why of wanting to create this business together and wanting to help teachers kind of achieve those things that we struggled with at the beginning with the productivity and the time management, that why was strong enough. And then one of the last things that we had to do to kind of make this work was dividing up responsibilities. And so deciding, okay, Michelle, when we finish recording episodes, you're going to go through and edit them and get them ready to actually post. Mm -hmm. You're going to grab the images that we need. Bridget, you're going to be the one to actually schedule it on our website. And you're going to write the show notes for the podcast episodes. And so having this kind of clear division and responsibilities, I think, helped us be able to navigate those extra things on top of when we were already meeting.
0: Yeah. And so a few months later, after we had started the podcast, COVID hit. And we were really forced to continue adapting in order to make it all work, right? Because Michelle was coming over, she wasn't able to come over anymore. Um, And this would prove to be really, really helpful. Like what? Was it like a year, two years? How long was that? A year and a half? later on when you moved to Texas? Yeah,
1: because, okay, let's see. Let's do a timeline. We started the podcast really at the end of 2019, but it was Mm -hmm. the first episodes went up at the start of 2020. Yeah. COVID hit in, you know, March, Mm -hmm. and then I moved in the summer of 2021. So yeah, about a year and a half later. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it would prove to be really, really helpful a little bit later on. But this is when we started to record separate, which we re-record through like, you know, like a Zoom or a Skype or some type of an app that allows us to kind of see each other's faces. And it it also forced us to stop batching temporarily, but started doing more like of those Week in the Life episodes because we wanted to really be connected to what was happening currently in everyone's lives, right? We couldn't talk about like, oh, it's the end of the year when everybody's end of the year was sitting at home playing Animal Crossing. Gosh, I really <laughs> enjoyed those times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so... Um, But here's the connection for you. The connection to this is that if there's something that you're really wanting, whether it's leaving early, it's getting a new degree or a certification, you can find a way to make it work so long as you want it badly enough. You have to keep in mind that This is going to require some form of sacrifice, right? Just like Michelle and I, we had to sacrifice so much when it came to starting the podcast, getting down the routine, you know, with COVID happening and making our changes because of that. We were still able to kind of get past this little hump because we were willing to make those sacrifices to see this work in the very end. Um, Episode 149, which is the behind the scenes, our favorite reminders to overcome obstacles is a great, great resource for you all to go and listen to, especially when you find that things are tough and you're just wanting to quit. So go and check those out. We're going to share some of our favorite quotes. um, And we kind of explain to you, like, why do we love this quote and how does it apply to both teaching and your personal life? It's I think that's gonna be one of my new favorite episodes, oh my if gosh. we're being honest. I know. I mean, well, no, the ball the glass balls is pretty much still up there, but yes. I will say like that is one of my favorites now too. Yeah.
1: Now, Bridget, let me ask you, because we didn't quite plan this out. The pattern we have going right now is that I introduce each Uh one and then you do the second half. Do you want to keep that pattern or do you want to change it up? We can keep the pattern. Let's keep the pattern going.
0: We all like (laughs) patterns. Teachers love patterns. Okay. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure because I feel bad that it's
1: like, oh, I'm like introducing Uh, each lesson. No, you're good. Okay. So the second lesson is that productivity is about doing the right things instead of all the things. Mm. Ironically, one of our biggest inspirations for starting this podcast was the constant questions we would get from people who didn't know us personally, but just follow us on social media. They would always ask us, how do you do it all? And Bridget and I were both like, we don't do it all. And the truth is no one does it all. If it looks like they are, you're either not seeing the things that they're giving up. So for example, going back to the example of Sundays, you know, you might look at this podcast and be like, how do they do it all? Well, we're giving up sleeping in on Sundays. We're giving up those family breakfasts. We're giving up certain things in order to do it. The other option is that they have a lot of help, (laughs) but I really like the quote. You can do anything, but you can't do everything because it is true. And You have to remember those glass balls. Bridget already brought up that episode. So if you have not listened, because I think that is our all-time favorite episode, it is episode 89, and it's titled, Does Balance Really Exist? In that episode, we talk about how we're all, you know, juggling these balls. And when we say balls, we... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) When we did that episode, we had to say that so many times, but all these responsibilities, right? Each ball represents a responsibility in our life. And some of the balls are glass and some are plastic. And so when you're juggling, there's no way you're going to catch all of the balls. Some of them are going to drop. And so the secret lies in dropping plastic balls instead of glass balls, which really means doing the right things, prioritizing what's actually important versus what could quote unquote be dropped and have it not be, you know, a big end of the world. So when we started this podcast, we just did the podcast. We had no digital planners. We didn't even really have an Instagram. Like we formed mm-hmm. the Instagram, but we were not posting on it. And because of that, we really set ourselves up for success because we weren't trying to take on too much at one
0: time. You know what I mean, Bridget? Yeah, no, I definitely understand. I mean, we eventually did add that those Instagram posts and the planners, but that's been over the course of almost three years now. And so we started off very, very small and we took our time. Um, it's that whole thing of like, you have to walk so that later on you can run. We Mm -hmm. decided that we were going to take on very little commitments and then just be able to grow from there. Because if we were trying to like shove a whole chicken breast in our mouth, yes, (laughs) the chicken breast is bad. (laughs) um but if we were trying to shove a whole chicken breast in our mouth it would make it a struggle you wouldn't be able to breathe it's the same thing in life right if you're putting off if you're trying to bite off more than you can chew you're going to feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. so there's so much more guys that we could be doing all right like we could be on youtube I mean, we're already each individually on YouTube. Why not start a YouTube channel? We could do TikTok um, and we could do more promoting on Facebook, but we prioritize what we can do and what's working for us. So how do we go about choosing those right, and I'm saying that in quotes, things, Right. You have to think about those right things as, is this something that's helping me move closer to my goals? So our goal is to help teachers with strategies that we know are working for us. And we started a podcast that was, and that was like the easiest way to do it. Like Michelle and I, when we first got started, we were like, oh my gosh, we don't have to do our hair. We don't have to do our makeup. (laughs) Like a podcast is the way to go because we already had YouTube like on our personal lives. So that was really exciting for us and we knew that we could have that message and communicate that message through a podcast. So here's the connection. In teaching, it's all about choosing one area to get strong in before moving on to the others over the years. So your first year, you're really focusing in on that classroom management. You might try to really focus in on one subject area and become a pro at that subject area. I, when I first moved into fourth grade uh, in Pennsylvania, I had no idea how to teach writing. Guess what I did? I went on YouTube or I went on Teachers Pay Teachers and I just bought a writing unit and I had that to get me started and I focused in on reading a little bit more. So I really dedicated my time to reading. I had a resource that was helping me teach writing, doing the basics, but I didn't want to overwhelm myself. I was choosing to start small. If it looks like someone else is doing everything, here's your reminder. They're not. (laughs) Keep in mind that you never know what's going on behind those scenes. Yeah, I
1: think that's such an important reminder yes. for teachers. We fall into this comparison trap where we compare you know, what we know about ourselves and what we're doing. And we know the full picture for ourselves. And we compare it to this little snapshot that we see from someone else. And I think it, like it's not fair to us, you know right. what I mean? It's like you don't know what that person's actually going, mm-hmm. you know. I'm through. sure
0: that there's a quote about comparison, but I don't know it.
1: Oh yeah, well, I mean, there's the whole comparison Con- is the thief of joy. That's what the then- I was
0: thinking. Of. Yeah, Gosh, that just one's like a, a classic quote book.
1: <laughs> you know me. <laughs> All right, the last lesson we learned is just the importance of systems. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, this is our absolute favorite because it makes things work like clockwork, which I just love that, you know, work clockwork, etc. Anyway, a system is just a set of procedures to get things done. It's kind of like a routine, and systems are best for repetitive tasks that have to be done again And again, the truth is we have systems for a lot of things in our lives. We have these kind of morning routines. We have a system for going to the grocery store. Like I know personally, Billy and I will sit down. We plan out our meals. We make our grocery list. When it's time to go to the store, we grab our reusable bags. We put them in there in the car. We drive to the store. Like we do the same tasks every single time. And even things like going to the doctor, you don't do that as often as you go grocery shopping, at least. For most of us, we don't. But when that time comes, whether it's once a year, once every few years, we go through the same steps. We call and make an appointment. We show up. We have to fill out paperwork. It's all the same. Thankfully, Bridget and I started systems pretty early because we knew from prior experience with YouTube, especially, I love all the connections with like just the business world and everything. It's so cool. But we knew that systems worked. So one of the first things we did is we set up templates. We had a template for kind of planning out the episodes kind of throughout the year so we could see that bigger picture. We also set up a template for each episode where we would kind of outline it. And we knew our intent was to record one time a month, because the goal was for me to drive up to Bridget, but eventually, you know, that shift and we started doing it virtually. But that meant prior to recording, we had to decide on the episode topics. We had to outline the episodes and we kind of came up with this structure for our episodes of like, here's how we're going to introduce it. We'll have a little hook. We have the main stuff. We outro it. Mm -hmm. Like all of that was set from the get-go. We then had a system for recording. It always makes me laugh because when Bridget and I, now that we do it through Skype, we have these like little sayings where we'll be like, okay, are you ready? Yep. Recording recording. Like we both (laughs) repeat it back to each other. So we know that the other person is ready and that they're actually recording the Mm -hmm. episode. And then, you know, I personally edit the episodes on my own, but I have a system for it. And I know Bridget, you probably have one for posting them as well. Yeah. And this took a lot of time to kind of set up and we had to make tweaks along the way. It's not exactly the same now that it was when we started, but having that done from the get-go was such a good move like it took a lot of time in the beginning to kind of set up Mm -hmm. but it has made us so much more efficient yeah
0: and the key here is that we stuck with it and we were consistent again like michelle said it takes time guys it doesn't happen overnight Putting in that work in the very beginning to set up those systems is what's going to help you save time in the long run. As Michelle likes to say, the juice is worth (laughs) the squeeze, but you can't expect to have a system and then automatically just allow it to be able to work for you. I mean, Michelle, how long do you think it took us to really get into like the flow with our system? I mean, now we've completely like revamped how we meet and how we record. Like, I feel like we've gotten just so much faster with it even compared to this time last year, right?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say when we first started and I was driving up to you, I feel like we had started to get into a routine and then COVID hit, so it just threw everything for a loop. But I would say it took a good maybe six months or like six times meeting to record in order to have it feel normal. But yes, we have continued to get Mm -hmm. even more efficient over time.
0: Yeah, so here's the connection, Teaching is filled with so many systems, whether it's lesson planning, grading, classroom procedures, structuring your time blocks for different subjects. If an area is consuming too much of your time, take a look at your system and find ways to make it more efficient. Use templates, keep things very simple, guys. We don't need to overcomplicate things. Our outlines for our podcast is a great example of how they've just gotten so much better. We've now simplified them and they're so much shorter where they used to be like six, seven pages long. Now we're looking at like two pages or three pages Mm -hmm. at the most in certain situations. But we have gotten into this habit. You have to reuse what you can. So we use, um, episode topics, week in the lives, the home edits. And so the same thing goes with teaching. Reuse what you can. You have those activities, put them into place over and over and over again. You don't have to reinvent the wheel create a structure for your time and the product. So for us, it's going to be like the intro, our TSH, how we end it, um, the dedicated meetings and for the different times of the month, what are we going to be focusing on? Teaching is the same exact way. You have to have kind of this process, this flow to your day. So that way you can already anticipate what you're going to be doing next. So if you want to, we have an episode, um, episode 140. It's the one thing that's holding your lesson planning back. This is where we talk about creating a structure for your time for each subject area. Guys, I'm telling you, this will blow your mind on how much it saves you when it comes to lesson planning, preparing for things, and just getting planned well in advance um, versus living you know, week by week or day by day. Yeah, that's a great
1: episode Mm -hmm. to go back and listen to. Even if you've heard it before, go back and re-listen to it. But we really hope that you enjoyed this episode and that these little lessons that Bridget and I have kind of taken away from running a podcast and running businesses and all of that, we hope that you can take these things and apply them to your life, both in and out of the classroom, because we have done the same and it's really worked for us. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, you know, just On Apple Podcasts, I think you... You click the little like check mark or something up at the top to be like, hey, I really like this podcast and I want to hear more episodes. Or if you're listening on another platform, just find a way to be able to subscribe. You also can leave us a review. We read them and we smile every time. We also would love for you to jump over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com. From there, you can purchase our new 2023 digital planners that run from January to December. You can also go directly to our store at teachingonthedouble.com store, but But once you're on our website, you also can submit your own TSH for a chance to be featured in a future episode just by clicking TSH up at the top. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.